Let's have fun. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to take a drink, guys. I'm not in the lab. Normally, I'm in the lab doing this, but this is the first remote for the third season. Welcome into Night Moods. I am Michael, and I'm happy to be here with you all on vacation. And I have a good friend of mine who's going to be joining us in just a few. But up on this show, we're going to be having an awesome conversation about the kingdom. And you'll want to stay locked in listening to this on your podcast. Now, the very thing that's happening to me that I was in part a part of last night, I was watching a speaker struggle last night because he forgot to take a drink up on the stage. That right there is happening right to me in this moment mm-hmm. here. So I'm sitting here on, on location in this massive house, which is really awesome. So we've got a little bit of ambiance here. You are listening and watching the third season of Conversations, one-on-one conversations with, and we, I am um, really excited about this episode. And before we get started, I want you to simply subscribe and follow and check out the information in this episode. For instance, do you know that there is an opportunity for you to be a part of a leadership masterclass? Now, if you want to register for this masterclass, it is being hosted by Night Moods HQ. Hosting, it is beginning this coming Sunday, 70% up on the registration. I got to look at my notes here because they're right here and I've been running around waiting to find some equipment. Um, you can be part of the registration if you go to nightmoodshdq at gmail.com right now. It's a seven-week masterclass on leadership and influence, leveling up your life and identity. It is open to many of you who are striving to become dot, 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 fill in the blank. Um, registration is $60 per session. If you want to register for the seven-week course, it's $418. Yes, it can happen to you. You have to invest to receive all the good nuggets coming out of this. But go ahead and register right now. Nightmoodshdq at gmail.com. This is the third season, as I alluded to before. And a good friend of mine, we are reconnected. Uh, He's been on a couple of virtual ministry opportunities, services, gatherings, encounters that we have had during the COVID hijack because everything has been shut down. And so we were all left to our own devices. And so I want to introduce you all to Prophet Earl Robinson coming into the, I can't say the lab because I'm used to saying coming into the lab with me, but I'm actually not in the lab. I'm actually in a vacation home here in Orlando, Florida. So you get to experience a conversation with Prophet Earl Robinson, hopefully have some claps on the audio. We'll leave, do this on the playback. Thank you, Chris, for that. Earl, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, how are you doing, Apostle? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. I was looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this all day long. Uh, me too. I really was. Yeah. And I, um, I get the nerves whenever I go on stage. I, I literally do. And it never surprises me, even when on these um, engagements, 
I still get those nerves and they're here. They're happening. So that means God is always up to something. And you guys are in for a treat. This is um, a spiritual conversation, an organic conversation. But you all watching and listening, and thank you for listening, by the way, and thank you for watching. You're actually catching us on our YouTube channel, our LinkedIn channel, your LinkedIn page, excuse me, and all of our social media sites, you're going to be catching this as well as all your favorite podcast platforms. Night News is there. We got your back. New news. Um, we are actually going to be on Sirius XM, and I'm excited about that. So we have a whole new establishment of Night Eagles. So the Night Eagles don't know you. And as I always welcome all of our guests, especially those who um, I have worked with in the past, they don't know you, I know you. And um, thank God that we know each other. As the word says, we must know those who we are laboring with and we must truly know those. So you guys are in for a treat. Earl, 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 Earl. Um, This is gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. um, It's been a few months since we have talked and the other day, I was just led by the spirit of the Lord. The Lord said, call him, call him. Because I was cleaning out my phone, cleaning out my numbers and everything. And I came across your number and I just looked at it. And I knew I was supposed to call. And I said, okay, I'm supposed to call him. See how you, see how you were doing. You know, it's, it's more like, you know, um, just friendships. It's not so much about doing, any, doing something like this. But it's more about just establishing friendship. You know, if we don't ever do any more um, videos or Comcast or anything, um, anything like that, you know, it's more about um, establishing a relationship. And so mm-hmm. I was led by the Lord to, to reach out again because I know over the uh, summer I've gotten, I was very busy this summer. It was a Good. very busy summer for me, you know. So I was reaching out, seeing how my little brother was doing. <clears throat> Your little brother is doing wonderful. Um, flew the coop, jumped on the plane, wheels up and wheels down here in Orlando, and it's been a long day already. You know, we, we've done things before most people don't do before 8 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, this is nuts. But uh, I'm doing well. Um, our, our viewers, I want, I want to warm our viewers and our listeners uh, to who you are. So a couple probing questions. Probing, but the questions won't hurt. But bear with us here. Um, so that they get a feel for who you are. And um, I wanted to let's kind of do an icebreaker. Now, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like a forced icebreaker because I know Earl and we've had multiple conversations. And yes, I'm his little brother from a different mother. Um, He is, by the way, in the northeast of the United States out there in the mountains in New Hampshire. So um, that's God's country as well. And I can't wait to get back into the Midwest, but it is soaking humidity outside it is soaking in florida i mean soaking <laughs> it could be worse but um earl who is prophet earl for all the night eagles listening to the show who is prophet well i thought about that question you know um well let me give you a little bit of my background give you a better idea of, of, of who i am mm-hmm. you know I, I was born back in um in the mid fifties. And when I was born, uh, they told my mother that um, I wasn't going to live. They said, 
They said, Miss um, Robinson, this child's not going to live. And I asked my mother, I said, Mom, uh, do you remember what happened? She said the only thing she could remember is that a, a priest went in the room where I was at. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, um, Catholics, Catholicism will uh, dedicate a child at a, at a very young age. Mm-hmm. I believe at that time I was dedicated to the Lord right out of the birth. And I was also um, born in a family of 11. You know, I'm the seventh child of 11. You know, I would, um, it's kind of That's interesting. Because, yeah. Yep. Seven of 11. <clears throat> and also I was born with um, a birthmark on my right hand. It is a, the shape of a bird. And I would literally go around when I was young, around eight years old, I would tell people that it was an eagle. I had no idea what, what an eagle was. But at the age of eight, I was literally prophesying my destiny. Mm-hmm. See, back to, the old, back to the Old Testament, when prophets were called by God, they would literally brand the right hand. They would put a brand or, or a tattoo or something on their right hand. It's, it was an indicator that they were, um, they were called by Jehovah. I was born with it on my right hand. And so at the young age of eight years old, I would walk around telling everyone that it was an eagle. And I remember, you know, having all sorts of uh, supernatural experiences at the age of eight. It started at a very young age. And I remember uh, sitting on my front porch of the house and I looked up into the sky and the the heavens just opened up to me. And I thought everyone could see what I was looking at, you know. You know, and at a young age, I was able to hear, you know, um, angels at a young age. I would also be able to hear the demonic at a young age. Mm-hmm. And then, but um, you see, I got, um, first time I got hit by a car, I was eight years old. Then I got hit by another car a year later. So you can see the enemy was trying to take me out at a very young age. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, see and that. then uh, by the time I was 12, I was a stone alcoholic at the age of 12 years old. You know, and uh, years old. yeah, you know, I was a, a juvenile, a serious juvenile delinquent. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, I um, had a, a terrible temper. You know, I was um, always in and out of trouble all the time at a young age. And I remember um, leaving home around 14 years old. You know, moved to um, Albany to live with my godparents at that time. And I had a brother. Um, that um, he was like my big brother father figure. See, everything yeah. I'm sharing with you today is going to be in the book, the upcoming book. Um, the book is called From the Hood to the Hill, My Prophetic Journey. So I'm going to kind of throw some things at you guys today about the book. Right now, the book is in uh, the editing phase. phase. Okay. And so I had a brother, um, his, you know, he was like my big brother father figure, and he used to sneak me in the bars all the time. And had me sit back in, in the dark corner of the bar and would sneak me drinks. And I, you know, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. You know, that my big brother doing that. <laughs> well, yeah, right? Yeah. And then when I, uh, I left home and then some years of being in Albany, New York, I get a phone call that my big brother was just killed in the streets of Syracuse, New York. You know, him and his best friend were, um, were um, gunned down in, in Syracuse. And so I went into uh, like a few years of serious depression. Okay. 
And I remember um, being 17, at the age of 17, I remember thinking about, I would often think about committing suicide because I would have these panic attacks that were so severe, I used to thought I was losing my mind. Mm -hmm. And I remember this as clear as day, Apostle, that I would go and pick up the Bible. The only thing I knew to read was the birth of Jesus Christ. And I would literally read about the birth of Jesus Christ and those feelings and that, that spirit would just leave me. I mean, every time those thoughts, that, that um, suicidal spirit would come up on me, I would just pick up the Bible and just read about the birth of Jesus Christ. And those thoughts and feelings would literally leave me. That's all I knew. You know, I look back at it now. I knew that was the spirit of God was mm -hmm. protecting me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um. And I learned so many different things over the years with that. And then when I, um, I moved out to um, San Francisco at the age of 24, because I was a tennis player. I used to play. Um, I was like a semi-pro tennis player. Wow, and at the age of Ash. Uh, almost. Well, I'll have to ask you to play a part of this. I'll, I'm going to show you. <laughs> I moved out to San Francisco at the age of 24 with a one-way ticket and $24 in my pocket. And okay. so I ended up in San Francisco. I had a roommate, you know, and we would play at Golden Gate Park, oh, probably six to eight hours a day of tennis. And so um, one summer, I finally got a chance to become an um, attendance instructor for the Arthur Ashe Tennis Association. So I was um, traveling up and down the coast of California playing in tennis, tennis tournaments, teaching ten um, tennis to young people. No, I I loved it. It was it was really great. So you know, I've um, um became a certified tennis instructor for the Arthur Ashe Tennis Association, and so I, I moved back um, east. And I was wondering what was going on. I knew I was searching for something, but I didn't I didn't know what it was I was searching for. And so I ended up in Syracuse, and I used to play at this park called um, Kirk Park. Now, I played tennis there all the time, playing in tennis tournaments. And I met this young, um, young man at that time. He was um, a pastor. You know, he wasn't a pastor. He was a minister. His name was uh, Leroy Leggett. Now, I played tennis with him all the time. And I, I used to look at this dude and say, there's something different about him. He never loses his cool. He was always at peace. Mm -hmm. You know, here I am on the other side of the court, cussing up a storm, breaking tennis rackets, throwing rackets. I mean, I had a terrible, um, terrible temper, man. I mean, I used to curse like a sailor. But um, I used to wonder, look at this guy. There's something different about this guy. Right, right, right. And then one day, <clears throat> he began to share Jesus Christ with me. And when he began to share Jesus Christ with me, I, you know, I, my ears just popped up, popped open. It's like, oh, okay. Hmm. So he invited me to um, his church. So I go to the church and I'm telling you, Apostle, the moment I walked in that church, I knew this is what I've been looking for all my life. So I walked into the church and just felt like I, I belonged there. The very first day I, I go into the church, I get saved. I get nice. saved that very first day. And then I go home that night and get filled with the spirit of God. So I start speaking in tongues. <laughs> but what it was, um, it was, I got this revelation of this is what I've been looking for all my life was Jesus Christ. Why I was traveling all over the country because I lived in many different cities. I lived in 
uh, San Francisco, lived in Oakland, um, Oxnard, California, Long Beach, Philadelphia, uh, Jacksonville, you know, um, Albany, Syracuse. I mean, that's just to name a few of the places I either been or lived at over the years. Right. But when I found Jesus Christ, I said, okay, this is what I've been looking for. And it was so amazing how God began to use all of those things to be, you know, to show me that his hand was always with me, that he, that he was right there guiding my every steps. Even when I fell flat on my face, you know, <clears throat> I could, you know, going back now, you know, I'm even writing this book. I went all the way back to my first, my very first journal, 1988. And I began to see, it. yeah, I have all my journals. Yeah. Sweet. I went all the way, <clears throat> because my journals are, were helping me write this book. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. went all the way back to 1988 and I began to see the brokenness that I was in, even at that time. You know, and I, that brokenness at that time, God was using me and he was bringing me to a place of healing. You know, because um, as, as I was reading each um, journal, I began to see the progress in which God was using to heal me. Through all, each journal, I can see more and more um, of a healing process and how God's hand was with me and he never left, never left me nor forsook me at all, you know, even in my brokenness, you know, and, and even in my brokenness, God began to use me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And so there's so much I can say, but I don't want to take up all your time. No, 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 no. Because, you know, we, we want to be able, we want the night eagles to be able to purchase the book. So given them, a third of the book would prohibit them from wanting to get more of the book. They got a third of the story. And so we want, yeah. we want to just kind of tease all the listeners. Yeah. And, you know, I was listening. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking um, what life must have been like in that journey and traveling, like sojourning. I think of, I think of the scriptures when they were sojourning across the land and, and, and working here and working there. And so yeah. what that must have been like. And then you realize when you stepped into that church at that young of an age with what you were dealing with, with life and carrying from place to place. Um, what changed you? What changed you to the shackles, to that bondage, to that burden that you were carrying? And like when you stepped into that church, um, that feeling of familiar yet it wasn't familiar to you right. as you were sojourning yeah. i think that was really kind of awesome um yeah to share and i thank you for sharing that and i'm like interesting very interesting um and see that helps anyone listening that it doesn't matter what and where you are in life and the what is what you become and who you are there's there is a a maze like dance of a storyline that as you were i'm just i'm listening like there's that storyline it's like going through that maze and yes Mm -hmm. dancing with the rhythm of god even though we're not connected to god because he's he's making he's making he's plotting the course yeah Mm -hmm. to see what a son or to see what a daughter would do and we're not connected to them. 
I have, um, I, interesting. That um, that that is so true because uh, again, um, when I um, begin to read my journals, each one begin I begin to see the hand of God on my life, how mm. He was um, directing me, how He was dictating my life, and all I had to do was say yes and amen. And so you know, um, even with this book, it's so amazing because this book I only got to um, to um, 2017 in this book my as far as my journals um, went up to 2017 so the uh, the next book that I will be starting right. on I'll be starting this um, book uh, the beginning of next year is called fathering the prophetic and so that's two uh, this, yeah two books I had to jump in because one picks off where one left what's what's what is the what becomes the purpose of these of these books? Well, the first one, uh, from the hood to the hill, <clears throat> I was um, led by the Spirit of God to do this book because I, over the years, been in many, I've been in ministry for well over thirty five years now. Mm-hmm. I have come across a lot of broken people, a lot of um, people who are um, in the body of Christ that are broken for um, various. Um, different uh, situations or anything for the most part a lot mm-hmm. of them have been broken from the church a lot of them been uh, disappointment um discouraged you know uh, coming to their salvation broken you know uh, whether through abuse you know um abandonment issues depression you know you know all all these sorts of things and i begin to see how i myself was going through those things and at the same time of going through those things, it's like the Lord took me back through those doors to begin to heal me. The very first thing he um, did with, with me is he delivered me from fear. Because okay. fear, fear keeps us in bondage, but then we have to realize where did the fear come from? See, my, uh, my fears came from abandonment my, uh, because my dad died when I was four years old. So uh, I've never really had a a natural example of a father. Okay. Wow. That's kind of <clears throat> and so, interesting you said that. And so, you know, in writing this book and when I was writing it and everything, I began to see a lot of broken people in the body of Christ, a lot of ministers, people that don't want to talk about their brokenness. They don't want, because what, what we have done in the body of Christ, we've taken a lot of these men and women and we put them up on a pedestal, forgetting that these men and women are broken too. That, they're hurting too, just like everyone else. They're constantly giving out. They're constantly ministering to people, but very mm-hmm. few people minister to them. Very few people that they will uh, sit down with and just say, you know, hey, look, I'm broken. I'm hurt, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're so mm-hmm. on guard. They're so on guard because of their own um, hurts and uh, their own misuse, you know, being misused by the church and, and different things like that. And so mm-hmm. there's the two aspects that I'm um, that I'm dealing with in the book. I'm dealing with um, um, the belief, the um, the lay people, and then I'm dealing with also the leadership, because a, a lot of leaders are broken, you know, and have fallen back into sin, falling, uh, walked away from the um, from their calling, you know, um, gotten discouraged. You know, uh, let me um, give you a quick story. Something that happened. Um, on my um. It's called Prophetic Reformation School of the Prophets. There's a yeah, young lady that, uh, yeah, 
There was a young lady that joined us last year. Her name is Terry Buckingham. Terry has written about 20 books. And when we had, um, when we first met, she was really broken. She was really hurt. She, it was like she was at the place of just almost hopelessness. Yeah. And very discouraged about um, leadership. Okay. And so when she comes alongside um, the ministry and everything, within a year's time, within a year's time, you would not know that this was the same woman that came alongside the ministry a year ago. Because now she's so energized again. She's so, um, there's, a, there's, there's that excitement. Um, there's um, imparted hope in her. Um, she's, she's like day and night. You know, so there's more joy and peace. Uh, the reason for that is because when she came along, she began to feel accepted. There wasn't no rejection, no um, um, putting her down or anything. I don't allow any of that. You know, I don't allow anybody. Um, we, we don't talk about one another. We don't put each other down. We don't hold any grudges. Uh, I put a stop to that right away. And I let each and every person know, no, we're here, you know, um, to help each other, to encourage one another, to pray with one another, to, um, to share with one another. And whatever we talk about and share, it stays right there. And so she feels she felt safe. And so in that process, she went she went all the way back to all of her books. All I think she had 21 books and she began to um, rewrite a lot of them okay. you know, um, from her um, from her experiences. And see, that's what it's all about. It's really um, School of Prophetic Ministries. That's what it's really all about. It's not. See, it's easy to have a school where you can, you're teaching people to flow in the, in the gifts and all that, which is great. You know, and I, um, God, God bless my brothers and sisters who do that. But um, Prophetic Reformation School of the Prophets, we are dealing with the heart issues. We deal with the heart issues. Why? You know, the, uh, the motives of the heart. Dealing with the brokenness. Because if you can have people begin to deal with those things and confront these things, they make much more, uh, they make a more solid foundation of who they are and what God has called them to do. Because right. every issue, every issue in the body of Christ starts at the heart, you know, the motives of the heart. And so we, um, we speak a lot about um, the heart accountability, you know, and, and, and things like that. And so mm -hmm. that's where we are with, um, with the school of the prophets. Called Prophetic Reformation School of the Prophets. Now you jumped the gun, so I'm gonna back us all the way up. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but see, because see, we came into this and we're like, well, hey, you know, we can, we have, we have our, our some questions to ask. But oh, okay, I'm more sorry. So, no, 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 no. I'm explaining to the night eagles. We, you know, we have some questions to ask, but we wanted to be organic and we wanted to just have a conversation. And this is what I like about night moods and our, our Thursday conversations is it is organic. And so right. you're going to, you're going to step into a middle of a conversation. It's like scenes and a play. And so there's always elements of shifting, but the elements are produced for growth. And so I look at this as maybe a, a story hour, but in a storytelling way, bringing out the purpose is to help you where you are at now if you have a question during this episode um throughout this episode since i'm here remote so i i don't i have i got some of the tools with me but um earl have find a way to share a couple ways how can i get a hold of you because i think the element that i'm getting out of this is there is this father-like element 
um, that comes in the pathway of all of our journeys. And what I'm noticing that in this generation to the wayside are our elders. And it never was supposed to be, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm 50 this, this, this last month. It never was supposed to be, well, I've become something, so I don't need the elders. I don't need those who've paid the pathway because we haven't talked about your mentors. But our elders, and so you're listening to this in this story setting, because he's narrating, we're narrating a conversation going in and out. And I was just at the golf about three hours ago. Um, no, take that back. About eight o'clock this morning, I was at the golf because it was been a long morning. And you can watch the waves come in, the ebb and flow of the waves. And I love the conversations. And I was taught this by uh, two of my mentors, how to dance with the rhythm of life. Right, right, and, right. And so you're stepping into this and the our mentors are to walk with us. And in walking with us, having that conversation because it's it should not be about the the servant leader right but it's about the one in row 32 it's about the one in the upper balcony it's about the one who's coming to wednesday night thursday night tuesday night whatever you do for your bible studies and just having a walk and i liken to in the book and the gospels when jesus comes back into the scene of life and the two men are walking and they're having a conversation and he's just walking with them. Yeah. Right. He's just walking with them. So I'm, I'm, this conversation is taking me right there and I'm, I'm seeing aspects of, of the gospels all through the conversation. So the, the purpose for you all listening and, and, and chiming in, I want you guys to reach out to Earl during this conversation. Um, during this conversation, go ahead and, and drop, your way that they can contact you email so that in real time if you have a question right yes while we're live because we're live streaming on a whole bunch of platforms if you have a question we want to be able to tackle some of those questions unpack your soul closet in the journey because i believe this conversation can liberate someone but, yeah that's what i believe and so we're kind of all over the place and yeah. because this is our relationship, but we're bringing you into our relationship and it, it reminds me right. of the book of Acts. So I wanted to share that, but go ahead and drop how they can get a hold of you. So I want to do this a couple of well, times during this live. Well, one of the ways <clears> they can get in hold with me, uh, in contact with me is through my Facebook page too on um, Return Eagles Earl Robinson on, on, on Facebook here. They can um, mm -hmm. befriend me there. And uh, they can also um, send me an email it's called, re uh, <clears throat> I want to make sure I get the right one here. It's called yes. Return, Return Eagles, Return Eagles, one word, the number one, one, Return Eagles one at msn.com. You guys got um, that. Yeah, Return Eagles one at msn.com. Now, here's why. Because, see, this is a different type of podcast. It's an educational podcast, all things the kingdom. So, and the kingdom is the foundation. So we're bringing you in to this massive table. And if you have any questions, they're going to pop up at the same time. If you have a question for Earl, 
in the live. Um, you can drop a question in. I don't have all the social media up because I'm not in my lab, so I don't have my four screens. I can kind of do the work with Chris there. But also connect Night Moods HDQ. I have the email up. Now, if you have a question for Earl in the setting, especially if you're on YouTube, um, join us and we will answer your questions regarding life yes. in the kingdom. Yes. And I, I'm glad you have it up because I can't see the emails, so you can read them to me <laughs> or the questions. Yes. Yeah. Um, Nightmoodshdq um, at gmail.com. This is Earl Robinson. You're inside Nightmoods on a remote location down here in Orlando, Florida. And I'm bringing to you our, our kickoff episode of the third season of the podcast with a good friend of mine, Earl Robinson. And we're in the middle of, I'm just going to call it story time, conversation with Earl Robinson. Yeah. How about that? Uh, one of the things I, um, I want to talk about, too, is my mentors. Yeah. yeah um, I've had um, I've been really blessed to have some wonderful, wonderful mentors. Mm -hmm. And I have to go back to um, Leroy Leggett when, when we first met and he was the one that shared the gospel with me and I got saved. And then, you know, um, when the Lord began to speak to me about the prophetic office, I mean, I have to tell this story because you'll understand where I, where I came from and, and it, it will lead up to all of my mentors. <laughs> yeah, because my next question for the Night Eagles is who are some of your mentors? So go right ahead. Have yeah. at it. Well, um, when the Lord began to speak to me about um, being a prophet, I really, I did not want to do this. I really thought I was going to be a pastor. I was in training to be a associate pastor. And again, uh, the, all of this, what I'm sharing tonight will be in the book so you can... Um, Get the book when it comes out. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I was really dealing, really struggling. But I don't want to I don't want to be a prophet. I don't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. And so God really began to speak to me. Supernaturally. I've had um, I've had the father speak to me audibly on five different occasions. And so he began to speak to me and says, Earl, you're called to be a prophet. I said, no, I don't want to do that. And he said, this will be a sign to you that you're called into the prophetic office. See, everything, I'm, again, all of this stuff will be in, um, in both books. Now, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. What's the prophetic office, man? The prophetic office? Yes. You asked me the question, what's the prophetic office? Yes, it is. yes, I am. I'm asking you the question right now. What is the prophetic? Because there are some who are not even in the kingdom, they want to know. Okay, I'm gonna get to this. I'm gonna get to. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna get there. <laughs> just, just, just give me, just give me a, a moment here. I'm all going right, to. Give um, him a moment. We're I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna bring all, connect all the dots here. So God began to speak to me about um, earthquakes and signs and wonders that will begin to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, he he spoke to me. He said, "This uh, there will be an earthquake, and this is when it's where it's going to happen and when it's going to happen." Mm -hmm. And it happens um, in California. Again, I have all of this journal down. I had um, some of my, I still have um, news clippings of it. So one night I'm laying in bed and I, I turn on the news and um, said, um, flash news, you know, uh, earthquake happened at the very place that the Lord told me it was going to happen at the very time it was going to happen. But I'm still not convinced. Mm -hmm. And so he said, okay, um, between, like a few days later, he said, Earl, between three and five o'clock in the morning, there will be a heavy rainstorm outside. So 
So I wake up one morning between three and five o'clock in the morning, and it is raining down. I mean, it is pouring down. I mean, it was like a, oh, a, a tornado or a hurricane was coming, going through the city. I mean, it was raining like that. So I'm still not convinced that I'm called into um, to be a prophet. <laughs> More convincing. Yeah. Um, and so one night I'm sleeping. Again, this is a, a few days later. One night I'm sleeping and I wake up to the sound of angels singing in the bedroom. This is all going on audibly, just like you're listening to a radio or a TV. The angels mm -hmm. are singing. Mm -hmm. And then when the angels stop singing, God begin to sing to me. And Zephaniah, it says, and the Lord rejoices over us with singing. God literally rejoiced over me with singing. And he began to sing to me about the grace that he has given me to do what I'm doing today. And so that takes me to my mentors. I didn't really talk much about this to um, anybody, but, um, but my pastor, Pastor um, Leggett, actually became the pastor, the very gentleman who brought me to the church. I got saved and everything. Him and mm -hmm. I, he became my pastor. And so I thought I was going to be the associate pastor of his church. And so someone gave me a tape of um, Aaron Evans. And I would listen to this tape um, after about a year. Every time I listened to this, um, this tape of Aaron Evans, I would literally have a vision of seeing this black man with a, a, pen, a black pinstripe suit walking towards me. So a year later, Aaron shows up at, um, at a church in Syracuse. I'm in, and uh, I heard he was going to be speaking that night. So I'm at this book table, reading books, and, you know, looking at the, um, the books and everything. And I turned around, this black man walking towards me with a black pinstripe suit on. And I, and I begin to ask him what his name was. He sticks out his hand. See, in a vision, that's exactly how I'm seeing him, with a black pinstripe suit, and he's sticking his hand out to me. And as he's sticking out his hand, I hear the, uh, the Spirit of the Lord speaks into my ears, says, this is Aaron Evans. And so um, Aaron and I met. And so from that point on, we begin to take off and uh, we begin to have tremendous friends. I mean, became very um, close friends. But let me just back up really quick so you can. Uh, uh, there was one thing I left out. OK. <clears throat> one night I woke up and I heard this voice say, Earl. I looked around and I didn't see anyone. So I went back to sleep. And I heard the voice again say, Earl. And I woke up, said, who's calling me? I looked around and went back to sleep. Then it, happened the, then it happened the third time. <laughs> then it happened the third time. Earl, I looked, who's calling me? I went back to sleep. Then a few weeks, um, after, a few days after that, I woke up and I'm struggling trying to move and I can't move. And I heard this beautiful, gentle voice audible in my ear says, the power's in the word. And then all of a sudden this peace comes over me and I just fall asleep. See, all of these things are going on. Now, to fast forward, again, Aaron comes along in my life. <laughs> him and I become friends. Still to this day, almost 30 years later, Aaron and I are still friends. Beautiful. So from, so from meeting Aaron, I meet Jim Gull, James Gull. Um, I meet Jim, Jim Gull. And um, I sat down with him a couple times at, you know, uh, that, that one weekend. You know, he prayed over me, laid hands on me, imparted into my life, and that time I met him, he said, Earl, go to my book table and take whatever you want. So 
I started, I loaded up two bags of books and tapes and everything. He says, have at it. And so, you know, I, I meet Jim Gull and, you know, we met a few times after that. And then um, I remember um, going down to, um, Aaron had this uh, prophetic conference. See, I'm getting somewhere, you know, just follow me. I'm getting some, I'm getting somewhere. He has this prophetic conference down in Orlando at a hard rock cafe. And so, you know, I'm, I'm down there, you know, I'm just actually walking around in the, the Hard Rock Cafe. I, you know, had no idea where I was going. I'm just mm-hmm. asking the Lord questions. Lord, why am I here? What am I doing here? I end up in this room. And in the room, there was Rick Joyner, Bob Jones, Paul Keith Davis, John Paul Jackson, all these all these prophets and apostles, and I'm sitting and I'm standing and saying, why am I here? What am I, you know, I'm just complaining to the Lord, actually. <laughs> yeah, you are. And so I, so, I sit, so I sit down and I see all these, you know, all these well-known people. I mean, at this time, I really don't know much about who these guys are. But, you know, over the years, I've realized these, all these people, who these people were. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and the <clears throat> Lord speaks to me, says, I want you to go over and introduce yourself to Bob Jones. So I walk over, the, walk over to Bob Jones and I proceeded to tell him my name. And he looks at me and said, the Lord told me I was going to meet a young man named Earl. <laughs> Before I even mentioned anything, he's already, the Lord already spoke to him about meeting me. And so, you know, him and I, we had some great conversations and um, he began to share some things with me and encouraged me and told mm-hmm. me, you know, uh, stay in there. Don't, you know, don't leave yet, you know. So he really imparted some wonderful th- um, things into my life. And then after that, I wind up meeting John Paul Jackson. Now, before I met John Paul Jackson, he appeared in my dreams four times before we even met. And so I wind up meeting John Paul Jackson. Mm-hmm. And when we met him and I, we clicked like that. We, I mean, we clicked just like that. And so, you know, I just met the guy that day. So Aaron and I yeah. go out to, uh, to have, have lunch. We come back into church and John Paul's getting ready to get up to minister. And he sees Aaron and I come in the side door of the building and he looks at us and he says, oh yeah, by the way, Aaron and Earl, you guys are going to minister with me tonight. I'm looking, I said, dude, what, what do you mean minister <laughs> with you tonight? We, we just met, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so I got to get up now, but uh, I would say somewhere around probably about 5,000 people stand up before 5,000 people and, and speak prophetically. But, you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad he did it that way because if he would have told me, oh, I'm a, you know, I want you guys to minister with me tomorrow morning, I would look for all excuses to try to get out of that. But see, yeah. from that point on, John Paul, you know, I would um, go up to visit him. He had just moved up to New Hampshire. That's how I got to uh, New Hampshire. Okay. And um, he... Um, we would um, travel from New um, from Syracuse up to New Hampshire probably a couple times a year before I moved up here. I would travel with them, you know, minister at their um, on their team. Um, I was part of their um, itinerant team, and I would also minister um, to the interns that were coming from different parts of the globe, from all over the globe. And so I would um, would do that. And I remember him telling me, he says, "Earl, I'm going to help you, and nobody will even know it." And John Paul and I um, became very good friends. You know, we were very close, you know. 
you know, he he was one of my someone that I have had very deep respect for. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was definitely um, someone that I um, I truly loved him. I got ordained by John Paul Jackson back in um, 2000 and 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, my first, I got ordained actually twice. Uh, my first ordination with with uh, Apostle Leggett. He um, since, since the time him and I um, got since he led me to the Lord. That is, you know, now he's uh, Apostle Leggett. I got um, ordained back in the 90s under him. I spent um, a lot of time with him. And he uh, he realized that what God was calling me to do, he had no um, understanding of the prophet at all. And so I spent a lot of time with John Paul Jackson, spent some time with um, James Gull. I don't know if you're familiar with um, Paul Keith Davis. No, no, no. You can find Paul Keith Davis on YouTube. You know, actually him and I are still friends today because Paul Keith Davis was um, someone that was very close to Bob Jones. You know, they, they used to um, write um, mm-hmm. the Shepherd Rods together, um, that, that book that came out. Paul mm-hmm. Keith Davis, you know, him and I are very close friends today. You know, um, James Gold, I remember the time when um, he put his Aaron's hand, head, hand on my head and put his hand on top of Aaron's hand and said, from father to son to father to son. And he began to impart into my life. And all of a sudden, my life just exploded. And if, um, going back to um, the Hard Rock Cafe, that time I met when I first met Bob Jones, there was thousands of people there. And the, the last night, you know, uh, Bob Jones was getting up. He was going to pre- pray for everybody. And so Aaron looks at me and says, Earl, I want you to go and stand behind Bob Jones and hold him up as he prays for people. I'm holding, I held Bob Jones up for hours. I'm standing behind him, holding him up for hours. And I can literally feel the anointing of that man hitting me, bombarding me as he laid hands on every single person there for hours. I'm standing behind him, holding him up. And it took me years to realize what had happened. There was an impartation that was taking place in my life. I still don't understand it all yet. But Mm -hmm. see, that impartation was part of the seer anointing. Mm-hmm. Being a prophet of God will cost you. There's so many people that want to uh, be called prophets. One of the things I've learned being in ministry for many years, you can, being a prophet is a sovereign call of God. It's a holy calling. And we have to understand that it's a holy calling. You, we just can't just begin to label people with these um the ascended gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. These are sovereign, holy callings. And it will cost you. It will cost you your life. Let me explain to you um, what it means by costing your life. All the things in your life that are dear to you, that we have made idols in our heart, God will make sure that they all fall down. He will train you in your gift. He will train you in your character. He will train you in why you believe what you believe. He will train you in why you think you're called to be a prophet. All of those things, God will take you through that training process. See, the thing is, is see, being a call is our call is automatic. It's our call is automatic, but it's the training process 
that many people do not wish, want to go through. See, Jesus, right. said many, Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. The reason why few are chosen is because very few are willing to go through the process of dying to self, dying to your pride, self-deluded pride, dying to your ignorance, dying to your selfishness, all the things that you desire that is outside of God's will, well, you, will you will die to. You will, you will know what it's like to, be, um, to lose everything that you think you own, mm -hmm. when you have absolutely lost everything and you have no one to look to, to the, but the Lord. I've, I've been there. I remember um, filing for bankruptcy. I didn't have no I had nothing. I didn't have a dime. Lost my car, lost a beautiful home, lost everything. Because, you know, I, I was looking to man too often. Being, being a prophet of God is a mouth, it's a mouthpiece. Being a mouthpiece of God is that, number one, it's not about what we prophesy and how good we are, how accurate we are. The number one thing to any prophet that's listening to me now is our intimacy with God, our intimacy with the Father. See, Amos says, he revealeth his secrets unto his servants to prophets. Now, mm -hmm. you think of that word, you look at the word secret, how, do you, how does God reveal those secrets? It's through the intimacy. It's through the fellowship of the, of the Spirit of God. It's through spending time, not seeking a word for someone or seeking a word, but seeking his heart. Prophets that understand the heart of God will understand the mind, the will, and the purpose of God. Understanding the mind, the will, and the purpose of God, you have a, a bigger and greater understanding of the heart of God. See, in, in Psalms 9, 103, it says, um, he made his ways known unto Moses. Moses knew God's ways. Why? Because he spent time with him. Mm -hmm. But the children of Israel seen his acts. But Moses understood why God was doing what he was doing. As prophets Someone... of God, we... We spend time with him. We understand, okay, we understand that's why the Lord is doing this. But people will see it. We understand it. I, I was going to interrupt you there because what you said was like alarm bells. Uh, we got lightning storms here in Orlando, Florida. Uh oh, here comes, here comes the rain. Here comes the rain again. <laughs> what you said was crazy um, because relationship. Now, Moses knew intimacy with father. But the children only seen what father could give them. Absolutely. Too much it is the same in this generation. Too much yes. it is the same in this generation. Um, just yep. crucial. So I was sitting there just like, I gotta get back in my lab because I just wanna like have doorbells ringing. That right there, Moses knew father, father knew Moses. He knew the he knew father, but yet yeah. the children of Israel Seen only it. knew the they knew the See, hand of him. Right. See that that that's that's uh, we need to understand what you just said. See the children of Israel seen the hand of God. Mm -hmm. Moses understood the heart of God. See, as um prophets, we need to understand the heart of God, not just his yeah. hand. See, whenever I, I'm, I'm praying and having uh, intimacy with, with the Lord, it's very, very rare for me. I mean, very rare for me to ask the Lord uh, for a prophetic word or anything like that, because being a seer, 
when God wants to share something with me, I'll, I'll see it or he'll begin to speak it to me before I even say it, before I even ask. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I'm, more, uh, because I'm more concerned with my relationship with the Lord than anything else. And so my, um, my uh, mentors helped me to understand that. It's not about prophecy. Being a true prophet of God, prophecy is one of the, the least things that we literally do. The most important thing that we do is intim our intimacy with God. Because if you don't have that intimacy with God, how can you be the, a mouthpiece for God to speak to the people of God if you're not mm -hmm. spending time with them? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they and taught me true. that. They taught me that was so important. You know, each one of them had taught me the intimacy of God. It's more important than anything else. You know, uh, starting with uh, uh, Apostle Leggett, Aaron Evans, James Gull, Bob Jones, uh, John Paul Jackson. I watched all of these guys and it, it was more it was their intimacy that they had with God more than anything else, more than their giftings. And see, I'm listening to you and, I, and something just came to me, not something. This came just came to me. You can't name drop if you're not in a relationship. And so many place themselves. Well, you know, I was in the proximity. So, you know, I'll do that because it'll give me it'll give me street cred or hood cred. Right. But when you spend time with elders or mentors, then you 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 can affix your name to them. See, many are fixing their name to their identity, but it's it's the other way around. We are affixing ourselves to their identity because of a relationship has been established. And in that relationship, it's like when you said you felt that impartation that you are still working through that was upon you because you held Bob Jones. Bob Jones is no small man um, yeah. at all, period. For hours. And, Okay, so you can you can affix or attach your name to your elders because of the relationship. Now, if, if I'm lying, you can correct me because when when we hear others, you know, doing name drops, people will shut that down real quick because I don't know that I don't know you. And why are you associating yourself with me? And I don't know you like that. Only reason why I'm sharing it is because you you asked me to share. You mm -hmm. asked me to talk about mentors and people I have um, have been around, and that's so the only reason a, why I'm sharing. Yeah, and I, I because there's a license with that, and the kingdom is about trading, and so you having the 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 I guess the license to trade in that because you developed, you invested, you divested yourself to have that. The, what comes with having a relationship of that energy, that effort, that sacrifice, um, your word, paying the price, because you got to pay a price to have those it's types price. of relationships. There, and there, I think price. it's awesome. A massive price. Yeah. It, it, um, and um, again, I'm not going to go on too much into it because I want you to buy the book. <laughs> 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 don't don't do it. Don't no no you know, no. Let's let's put it there because there's it's it's using wisdom, but the same point there's what he what he's doing is laying down foundation for you to walk yeah. on. Yes, yes, yes. And so and that's very it's very important. See, my passionate heart 
is to help the people of God. Not only uh, when we, let me let me um, explain this a little, and then I'll go on with helping the people of God. We talk about the generation. We talk about the next the next generation. The first thing we do is we we often um, tag the next generation with um, with age. We'll say you know the the younger generation that's coming up. Yeah. But I remember yeah. um, one of my mentors said this to me. He said the next generation has nothing to do with age. The next generation is those who are willing to say yes and amen. Well, that's good, man. To what God is doing. Because if we attach a, an age um, to the next generation, then a lot of people will be left out. But the next generation are just those who are just willing to say yes and amen, regardless of their age. Regardless of their age. Because, yeah. um, yep. Um, Look at Joshua and um, Joshua and Caleb. A whole generation of people died before them that were younger than them, but yeah. they they moved on. Why? Because they understood and they said yes to God. We can oh, we can take the land. They came. They were the only two that came back with a good report because they still believed God even in their age, even in their old age. Josh, um, Caleb says. Give me my mountain. I still, you know, he's like 89 years old or something like that. And he still wanted, he still wanted to fight. Mm -hmm. A whole generation. Yeah. And see, so when we say the, ne uh, the, gen the next generation, we, uh, when we attach an age bracket to it, what we do is there's eliminate, we are eliminating a, a, a people that still wants to say yes and amen to God. So the next generation has to do with those who say yes and amen from from the smallest to the oldest that are still moving and still um, loving on Jesus Christ, still wanting to expand the kingdom of God. Those who have a passionate love to see God move eat before they even leave this planet, they still want to see the move of the spirit of God. And so these people have a lot of wisdom a lot of knowledge and a lot of understanding to give to, to those who will come and behind them, even though they're still part of the generation yep, to help true. those that are coming behind them. Not, Hey, look, if you listen to me and understand and receive the wisdom, wisdom that I'm going to share with you, you won't make the same mistakes or stay in a, um, in the pit longer than I had to. You don't mm -hmm. have to stay down here. Now, if you listen with an ear to hear and to understand, you won't have to stay down here. So we need that generation that has gone before us to also yes. be part of the next generation. 100% yes. Yes. Vital to our existence. To our existence, yes. 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 See, so we need each other. We're, connect we're still connected with one another. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, yeah, those things help, and, and that's my passionate desire, man. That's why the Lord um, called the school um, the prophetic, prophetic Reformation School of the Prophets so that we can begin to go back to the foundation of who we are as prophets of God, understanding we have an accountability, understanding that mm -hmm. our giftings and our anointings come from, the, uh, from above, not by um, some man-made theology or or a man calling us to be prophets, or, or whatever the case may be. If God has called you to be in that office, 
The only one that can sustain you and keep you there is God. That's right. And, and you come under God's authority who is doing the commissioning and not man's authority Absol- when they ordain you. Right. See, what, what, what we have <sighs> to realize, see, when, see, Jesus said it this way in Luke. It says, he's talking about Jesus. And the child grew in stature and in favor with who? God and man. Yes. yes. See, the favor, growing in favor, you have the favor of God. And then you, when you have the favor of man, acknowledging the favor of God upon you, then commission is now um, connecting from heaven to earth. You can't go the other way. You can't go from heaven. You can't go from earth to heaven. Sure you can, have to have sure. the commission. You have to have the commission of God first, which is God's favor. And then uh, the, uh, the favor of man comes in recognizing the commission of God upon your life. And then the two connect together the favor of God and man. Steamrolling here on the kickoff of this podcast episode, third season. Steamrolling. Because, see, it's like the ebb and flow. You go up, you go down. You go up, Mm -hmm. you go down. And so what we're talking about is serious and vital to your existence. And without this, you're going to find yourself leashed up, pulling, choking and wondering why you can't get traction up the mountain why why you can't get out of the valley and even when you're up at the peak of the mountain you're you're stuck yes because you're lacking intimacy you're lacking the mentorships that we need and i believe this talking to you i believe this since my mentors jumped into my life when god brought you know charlie McEwen and apostle henry blackwell and, yeah. and Apostle Brenda, who's here saying hello to you. All my mentors, the two remaining that are living to, in this moment, Apostle Tim as well, um, they poured and they shattered my existence as I jumped into what they were That's... doing. <laughs> See, say that again. They shattered your existence. Um, yes. <laughs> See, because, that's what, <laughs> go ahead. You got me excited because this, because they said to me, we will not be yes men to you. We are going to hold you accountable, accountable. Yep. so that you walk in humility, doing the things of God because you are actively seeking a relationship with God who commissioned you. So the affirming that's right. body is coming to shatter your existence here doing the things of God so that you can have the mind of God and the works of God. Absolutely. I remember John Paul told me, he says, Earl, you have an ego bigger than Texas. (laughs) (laughs) And see, that can be misconstrued. Yeah, but but see, it hurt my feelings at that time. But I, I, as a, as a, as time time went on, I began to understand. It. Man, I had an ego, and, a full, and I was, and I was full of pride. See, I keep talking about the book because all of this is in the book, <laughs> and how my um my pride was shattered. See, pride, pride is the soil for insecurities, and insecurities is where fear lies. 
Pride is uh, the soil of insecurities. We don't. We want to be seen as though we know it all, but yet we don't want to show anyone our brokenness. We don't want to show anyone our um, our fallibility, shall I say? That we, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I knew. I thought I knew. I really thought I knew it all, bro. I mean, I, there was a time in my life that I could quote scripture from Genesis to Revelations. Just I just had all this head knowledge. I knew the Greek. I knew different um, quotes of um, different Bibles, and I can quote them from different Bibles. And then I went through four years of the dark night of the soul, where God just broke everything about me, broke my pride. I mean, everything about me, God began to break. Wow. And, wow. I be- and, it, and, in, and in that season, I had to come to it. Now, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, Earl, you can do it my way or you can do it my way. You choose. <laughs> yeah, that sounds familiar. See, yeah. Yep. See, um, what he was saying, he was saying, Earl, you can humble yourself and the rock will roll over you. Or you can stay in pride and the rock will fall on you and crush you. I stayed in pride and the rock fell on me and crushed everything about me. Everything mm-hmm. about me was crushed. And for like four years, I went through a very, very, it actually lasted longer than that. But it came to a place where I stopped blaming people. It wasn't my pastor. It wasn't this person. It wasn't mm-hmm. my wife. It wasn't the mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. I came to the Lord and I said, Lord, forgive me. It's not, this is between you and I. He was using other people around me to bring me to a place of just total humility. I was humiliated. I was um, rejected. I was talked mm-hmm. about. I was hurt. I didn't want to go to church. And I'm pretty sure they were praying, Lord, don't bring them to church. And so, you know, but the point I was making is that it was my pride. He literally beat up my pride. And when I came out of that season, I could barely pull um, any scripture and tell you the name of, you know, tell you, the, uh, give you the addresses and all, any of that. I mean, I, I still know the word of God and I understand it. Um, actually, I understand it even more now than I did then. Yeah. But at that time, it was, I had a whole lot of, a whole lot of head knowledge of the word of God. But now uh, the word of God has become um, rhema to me. Because I had to live it, and I'm still living it each and every day. Mm-hmm. I'm not there where I used to be, but I know I'm still have. I'm still God is still working with me. But I'm at yeah. the, um, right now. I can say, um, Apostle, I can say this that I'm at a more peaceable state in my life right now than I ever been in my entire life. But I know I still have a long ways to go. I I understand that. Well, when you were speaking about that, I'm going to, when you're listening to the third, I got to say this again, this is our third season of the podcast. Now I'm writing some things down. Now um, we got some people saying hello real quickly. Ronal Mosuba, Ronal Mosuba is asking, how can I be a part of, I'm from Uganda and Kingdom Encounter Worship Ministries. I'm mentioning that because I got to remember, stay to the questions. Um, Brother Ronel Mosuba, I want you to inbox Earl, come back and listen to this inbox Earl to this email that he is going to share with you. Because I want to make sure that you get in touch with Earl. Brother Ronel 
Mosuba um, in Uganda, Kingdom Encounter Worship Ministries. Um, Earl, go ahead and drop your email again so that we can put it in here. Go ahead and drop it one more time. Return Eagles. One word, Return Eagles. No number, put the, uh, the number one, not put the number one, not the letter uh, one, but the number one. Return Eagles one at msn.com. Or you yeah, can, um, or you can Facebook me on, um, on Facebook and befriend me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you can e- do it either, either way. And so we're now, I want to make sure that I reach out to you, make you get, make the connection for you um, after we lock up this and seal this one for the records and archives. And uh, I wanted to go somewhere. Oh, that's what I was saying. You mentioned something and I saw immediately, I'm going to share with you off because I, this is just for you. Um, I got it written down here. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to underline it, put a circle there. Because this is what we wanted. We wanted something organic. Uh, we wanted something not just organic, but authentic to seeding and placing seedlings in the pathway for those coming into this pathway to where you're at. Now, we're talking about the pathway of the office of the prophet, but I'm going to open this up. If you're just walking in the pathway of life, the mentorship, and you needing to have relationship. This is what this special episode is about, is to help you walk in the manner of relationship. And then I'll add identity because your identity has everything to do with your relationship to which we haven't even talked about. about yeah. We have to learn how to seat and sit in that seat that Christ has went and prepared a seat for us. Having got there, because there's so much that I, you know, this is question number two out of seven questions. <laughs> so you got to come back. Yeah. For this. But, th- but this invite me back. I'll come back. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is crazy. And what I, I, I can't show you because I'm going to show, I'm going to talk to you for a minute after this. This is profound to me. I think it's profound. I believe it's profound. Look, listen, if you're, you're listening to this still, you're listening on the playback, and I'm grateful I'm, you're here listening, you're watching this on the live stream. This is a living word, what you're experiencing. And so I want to make sure that you connect in this moment because this is about you establishing, hooking up, arm to arm, elbow to elbow, walking lock and step in your journey, but not hear me when I'm saying this, but not bleeding, using brothers as you walk. Now, brothers and sisters as you walk, because we have a whole plethora of sisters in the Lord who are mentors. So you can see me later what the Lord does not use women in the kingdom. Understand the kingdom. Mm. Hmm. But I want this, because we're coming to a close, and I knew this was going to happen, so doggone, I don't took my glasses off. I'm sitting up here. Because what you said, the um, dark night of the soul, when Father takes you in those places, and yes, he's brought me, because my pride jumped on me so big, and I was in Chicago, Illinois, and I'm like thinking, <laughs> I have arrived. 
I'm doing this. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm over there. I'm, I'm, he sat me down for 40 days and 40 nights and dared me. If you get up, I will kill you. <laughs> I said, I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. Can I use the bathroom? And I'm not being jokingly. I was that fearful of what I heard when he sat me down and stripped me from those assignments. So I saw yep. this, I wanted to share this with you. Where you were, Father is bringing you above that because that wasn't, in, that wasn't even to the level of where he's taking you. Where Amen. you were, he's bringing you far exceedingly abundantly past that. That's for yep. you. See, That's when right. my Amen. mentors and brothers and sisters speak with me, it's not for all. I see visions. And so when I saw that, he said, I'm taking him. Yeah. So he's yeah. taking you and he's going to fill the circle because he's meeting you there. That's right. That's right. Filling the circle, um, filling the circle like that is a covenant. Mm -hmm. It's the yeah. covenant. Yeah. It's uh, the it's covenant, covenant of promise. Yeah, and it's promise. an open circle. It's an open yeah. heaven. It's a portal. It's a gateway. It's Psalms 24, where he meets you. Lift up your heads, O you gates, because the mm -hmm. king yeah. enters. Yeah. And so you guys are being impacted with this. Now, I want you to reach out. All you Night Eagles listening, if you have a question pertaining to your walk and your purpose, maybe you don't know your purpose. Maybe you right. have... You listen and you said, hey, I'm one of those who has been abused in the church. I'm one of those who have been said I'll never amount to anything because I don't have my my ducks in a row. Um, yeah. I want to invite you to take a journey in this episode. Yes. And I want you to reach out. We're going to make sure that we have um, Prophet Earl. You listen to myself and Prophet Earl Robinson all the way up there in northeast of the United States in this little <laughs> state called New Hampshire. And yep. with just a little bit of time left, I want to stay in this lane because this is education. This is conversation. And we're talking about relationship with just a little bit of time left. And if you could promise me an open schedule to have you back because we have part two of this. This yes. is so important. And I want to stay in this vein because you know, we can do as the Lord needs us to do, and I believe he will do that, but this is, I believe, what he's after. The very thing you're talking about, the mentorship, and what's more important is our relationship to him in yes. this walk. A little bit of time left. And I'm up against Well. It. Well, one of the things that's, um, yeah, to answer your question, yes, all you have to do is um, call me, let me know, um, I'll be back. But the We're most important thing, two. yeah, most important thing that we need to take away from this is the intimacy of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that it's all about his kingdom. It's all about his love, compassion, and acceptance. Love, compassion, and acceptance. We need to understand that no matter where we have come from, no matter how far we have fallen, no matter how many times we have fallen, God's love and compassion is still there with us. His, stand, his hand is still holding our hand. All we have to do is just keep walking with him. Love, compassion, what it looks like. and acceptance. I'm writing stuff down because it's vital. This is seed being dropped in the pathway. We talked about 
taken a journey as two men in the Gospels were walking after the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Now, this is happening. They're walking in real time and having a conversation. Jesus literally enters a That's conversation. Right. <laughs> and you're missing that because he's after relationship. Yeah, that's right. Didn't they say later, they said, did not our hearts burn as that's he was speaking? That's did not our says. hearts burn? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Amen. And it's going to be okay for you listening. It's going to be okay. Everything that's going on, look at your life as though the same as even in the, the old covenant, because our, 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 our rod in the, the earth is Jesus. But you're listening to what Earl is saying. And I think of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and they're running, they have an enemy wanting to come and annihilate them because he just lost his son. He didn't lose That's his son, right. his son was killed. And so they're running and life is Adam. And then they got these waves of waters and then open ground before them and a destination. There's destiny there. So Earl is walking you into your destiny and he's dropping seed. Now, are you willing to pick up the seed from this episode? That's right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. But it's not what you can give and receive. It's what you can apply yourself to. But when you're walking with mentors, I'm going to say this. Our mentors need to know that they have value to those who are yeah, yeah. walking mm -hmm. with them. Right. We need to honor. We have to honor um, those men and women that God has placed in our lives. Yes, we do. They have they had paid a cost before us and they're helping us not to go through the things that they went yeah. through, even though each one of us will have to go through something. There's a cost that each one of us will have to go through. But okay. if we listen to those, those our mentors, the, the wisdom and the understanding and guidance that they give us when we do fall. We don't we don't have to be there as long because we'll begin to hear the wisdom of their voices. The wisdom of heaven is speaking to us. Hey, you remember this? And God will begin to bring it back to remembrance and we'll come up shiny. We'll come up, you know, at, at a perfect time, at the right time in God's season. It's about your destiny. Night Moods, yeah. this podcast is about your destiny. And you're listening to Earl Robinson who was an elder and a prophet to the nations, a good friend of mine, by the way. And I want you to connect. If you're being, something's pulling at you, it's the Holy Spirit. He's not a something, but if you're feeling something, it's the Holy Spirit. And I believe in this season, don't worry about what it looks like in wave and wave and what's behind you. Um, attach yourself, led by the Spirit, um, but support what Errol's doing. And we're going to make it so you can, as soon as we close this to a, a nice little landing. I'm going to have him Amen. back on. And yes. I want you to be with us because there's going to be a Q&A because we, we're getting some questions here. Um, there's going to be a Q&A. I want you to be, come back on. Uh, we're going to schedule, have part two with Earl Robinson, uh, The Journey of Storytime. And he has a book. What's the name of the book coming out where they can maybe pre-order the book? Yeah, it's called From the Hood to the Hill, My Prophetic Journey. From the Hood to the Hill, His My Prophetic, prophetic journey. journey. You're right. I want you guys, I would like for you, I'm requesting you, Night Eagles, you're listening to this. And this is about what it is. 
go out and grab the book. I'm going to grab the book because Amen. there's some there's some growing and there's some supporting. Support Earl. You're listening to Night Moves. Earl, I want to say thank you for joining us. We're coming to a close now. Amen. We're going to close this, land this plane. I'll be in the lab. I'm going to have Earl back, and we're going to do part two of this. And if you want to be a part of part two, uh, we're going to do something special. I'm going to work on it. I uh, got some things. I'm going to talk to Earl uh, when we're done with this. But we're going to bring Brother Earl back for part two for this because I think it's really essential. Um, and you can check with him inside this episode. You have his email. You have how you can reach him. And I want you guys to reach out to Earl. If you're serious about taking the next step in your life, now is the time to walk in step with one of our mentors, our elders yeah. in Amen. the earth, in this platform, in the pathway, who is about love, compassion, and acceptance. Earl, thank you for joining us with me. Yeah, you're welcome, man. All you have to do is let me know what, and I'll be here. We're going to schedule it. Um, I'm going to get you connected with Brother Ronald Musaba yes. so that we can make some things happen for him in Uganda. That nation needs more mentors, needs support, and we're going to help get him connected to you. You guys, this is uh, Michael. I am your chief mood officer. This is Night Moods. Conversation with Earl Robinson. Join me next time, next week. I'm going to be with Dr. Marnie Ferreira from the Caribbean on the next episode of Conversations Thursday nights, right here. I'll be back in the lab, flying back home over the weekend. Earl, thank you. Been again. It's been fun. I will talk to you real soon. Good night, everybody. God bless, brother. Love you, man. Love you too. <laughs>